That's good. We can be seated. That's cool, guys. Can we thank the band? Amazing as always. Such a privilege to have amazing worship when we come into the house. Sorry, this like OCD thing, like I need this to be in the middle. <laughs> That's better. That's better. That's cool. So as I said, I prepared a message. It was called Lost in the Veil. One day you might hear it. I don't know. Might have been like put to death forever. I didn't think it was a bad word, but obviously God wasn't keen to, to share that word here tonight. And the thing that's been on my heart since the very end of last year going into 2017 is the word clarity. And every time I tried to work on Lost in the Veil, which had aspects of clarity in it, my heart just kept being pulled back to clarity, just clarity, clarity. So I looked up the meaning of clarity because I like to get an understanding of what a word actually means. And it's quite funny because clarity is, does not have a clear definition in the Bible. The clarity, I didn't even write it down. It was that complicated. I was like, I've got to look up half these words to find out what they actually mean, to find out what clarity means. This is crazy. This is like, this is very ironic that clarity does not have a clear definition. But what I did like about the word clarity was it had cinnamons, which sounds like you're saying cinnamon, but it's not. It's cinnamons with an S. And one of those cinnamons was intelligibility. Who's heard that word before, intelligibility? And what that means, intelligibility, is it means an understanding. It means wisdom. Clarity, understanding, wisdom. In Proverbs 4-5 in the Amplified Version, it says, Get skillful in godly wisdom. Acquire understanding. Actively seek spiritual discernment. Mature comprehension and logical interpretation. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Get wisdom. Acquire understanding. It's something we seek. It's something we go after. We ask for clarity, we ask for wisdom, we ask for God to reveal his word to us. He doesn't hold it back for us, he's written it out for us so that we can grab it and get clarity of his word and clarity in our lives. The second word that was a cinnamon, I'm just going to say cinnamon from now on, why not? Why not? Was exactness, exactness, clarity is exactness. Straight away, exactness is truth. But when I read the word exactness, I thought, it's not just truth. It's like that undoubted revelation holding on to truth. It's like an unshakable truth that you would be able to hold on to and take hold of. It's, ex it's, it's exact. It's true. There's, not, there's no swaying to the left or the right. There's no little white lies. It's total truth that you can hold on to and sink your teeth into. Exactness, it brings clarity, it brings truth, and truth brings freedom. And in John 8, 31 to 32, in the message it says, Then Jesus turned to the Jews who had claimed to believe in him. If you stick this, stick with this, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Then you will experience for yourselves the truth, and the truth will free you. And I love in that, in, in that version how it says, like I was trying to explain, it's holding on to, if you stick with this, if you stick with this truth. And the third thing 
which is probably my favorite, is simplicity. Clarity is simplicity. I'm a simple girl, like simple things, you know. Being in church with my friends and family. No, I just said that because it sounds good. <laughs> the simple things I like probably aren't really that simple at the end of the day. <laughs> I do love you guys and I do love being here. I'm, I'm, it's all good. <laughs> but I love the simple, simpleness of God. You know, it's us that makes the word of God, the things of God, so complicated. God has made it simple that even a child can grab hold of it and run with it. He's made things simple. It's us that confuse it in our mind because we don't have clarity and we go over things too much. And I know for the woman in the room, gosh, you have conversations in your heads that don't even happen. And, you know, you make up whole arguments. And I should have said that when they said this. And it's like, wow, did that conversation even happen or did I make it up? Or, or you know... Who else is like that? Please tell me someone else is like that. And it's thank you for the honest. Well, Stewie put his hand up too. Wow, Stewie. I wouldn't have thought it. <laughs> I'm not the only one. We make things so complicated. But every time I prepare a message, it's, it's funny because it always boils down. I always think, you know, God, I'm going to give them some practical tips here. You know, how can they apply this to their lives? It's what Pastor Hartley taught us in Bible college. How can, I, how can I apply this, you know, help them apply this to lives? You know, it always comes back to the same thing, same four things, always. And that is worship, prayer, word, church, repeat. Worship, prayer, word, church, repeat. Worship, word, prayer, church, repeat. It's that simple. It's that simple. Having a heart of worship, being in the house of God, worshiping. I love to worship. Be, worship, I put that up the top because that's my favorite thing out of all of those. I love being in church and everything, and, but I love to worship. Something happens on the inside of me when I worship God. Something changes, something clicks on the inside of me. I like to think of worship as my butter because I love butter. Good quality New Zealand butter. Has to be good quality New Zealand butter. I love butter. You don't want any of that margarine stuff. That stuff will kill you. You want butter. Butter, the real McCoy, simple. It's just cream and salt, people. It's simple. You don't want to compl complex it with chemicals and numbers and all that kind of stuff. No one likes dry toast. Christians who do not worship are like dry toast. You need butter. You need butter on that toast, right? You need to make it delicious. You need to make it a little bit salty. Butter. Get some butter in you guys. It's good for you. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie from the government that it's bad for you. It actually is good for you. <laughs> Just plugging that right now. But worship. I don't remember ever having this wow revelation moment of understanding what worship was. But I do remember when I first got saved, I didn't like it. I used to come to church by myself because Dawes wasn't saved yet. And I used to come into the house of God. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, they're singing another song. Like, when are they going to get to the word? Like, and you know what it was? I was just a little baby and I knew nothing. I came from absolutely nothing. I think I'd been in church two times in my whole life. One was a Mormon service, one was a Catholic service. So, you know, like, I didn't have much hope in those. But I came into the house of God and I was hungry. I was hungry. I needed that spiritual milk that was going to come from the Word of God that the preacher had come and already digested and was giving it to me. I was a hungry little baby, like, feed me, feed me. But then I got to a point in my life where I learned to feed myself. 
it got to a point in my life where I didn't need that spiritual milk the same because I was, I was getting it from the Word of God. I was worshiping. I was learning to worship and enter into His presence. And now I, I, I can't go without it. I can't go without it. If anything's affecting me, if anything's um, just getting crazy, whenever I worship, and I'll, I'll pick a song that speaks to me, and I will just smash that song over and over and over and over, and I will let it come inside of me. I'll let it be a part of me. I will sing it. I will proclaim it. And just nothing changes except the inside of me. Worship, worship, worship. If you're going through something, put worship music. It brings clarity into your life. It brings clarity into your circumstances. Prayer, prayer is an easy one. Communing with God being with God, speaking with God, again, testifying. You know, there's two types of prayer for me, and it's that big, bold, loud, prophetic, you know, smash it out. And that one's actually easier for me. It's that sitting still. And Pastor Nat spoke about it a little bit at Bankstown here uh, this morning. And it's just that sitting still and knowing that he is God. And sometimes you come to him and you're broken and you're hurt, but it's just sitting sitting in his presence and coming to him as you are. The Bible says, come as you are. No matter if you've got shame or guilt, if you have no clarity. You know, I like to think of it as, as um, going back slightly to the message that I prepared, lost in the veil, when we have all these veils of deception and lies and sin and all these things that have come over our eyes and all of a sudden it's like, where are you, God? Where are you, God? I can't see you. I can't see you in this. Where are you? And he's not that he's not there. It's just that you can't see him because you've veiled yourself. But can I remind you here this morning that he tore the veil from the top to the bottom and it is not on us to put it back over our eyes. We need to live in a place of prayer, communing with him, no matter how we feel, no matter how we feel. The word, while we're up here and being honest, is probably my weakest area of these four. I'm going to do something about that later, and I'm going to share that later. But the word of God, it feeds you. When you read a scripture and it comes to life and it comes a part of you, it brings clarity. It brings clarity. All of a sudden, you can see things differently. All of a sudden, something opens up, and it's like you just speak the word of God, and it has power, and it has authority, but you have to sow it into your life. It doesn't just, I, I, I haven't read a scripture just bam like that and just been able to speak it and prophesy it and go, wow, God just moved. It's taken time to sow that, to get that clarity on what God's really saying, to get that rhema revelation from that, from that scripture and let it soak on the inside of me. The power of the word of God, it is living, it is real. And church, church is an easy one. These are the four things that we can do to simplify our lives, to bring clarity into our worlds. If we just keep doing these four things, head down sometimes. Not even, sometimes you're just going through the motions, but God will break through any one of those four things. He will break through if you keep pushing through. And can I tell you, this church, you've come to a good place. If you're visiting here tonight, you're in a good place. This place, I feel like it saved my family's life. This church means everything to me and my family. This is our second home. This in Bankstown, they're our homes. When we come here, I feel like I can sit back and put my feet up on the chairs, though I might get in trouble, but... You know, that's how I feel about this place. It's comfortable. It's home. 
That's why I serve here. That's why Dylan serves here. That's why our kids will be serving here because this is our home and this is a good place. But can I tell you something? Wait, this is a major revelation coming. Take a breath. Get ready for it. Church doesn't just happen on Sundays. I know. Mind blowing. Church does just not happen on Sundays. It's happening all during the week. It's happening in connect groups. It's happening at Bible colleges. It's happening at care services. It's happening at new life services. There's things happening all during the week that are connecting you to people. Because people are the church, right? We don't actually have to meet here to be doing church. We can meet in connect groups. We can meet at a restaurant and hang out together. Be in community. So if you're coming to church on a Sunday, that's great. You're awesome. But think about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. What are you doing with those days as well? Sow your life into the house of God. There seems sometimes like there's a cost to it, but the reward far outweighs the cost every single time. So the word, going back to the word. This year, with that word of clarity in my heart, I know that I need to study the word of God. I know that I need to go deeper into the word of God. So what better way to do that? Because it's so easy not to read the word of God. Who agrees? It's so easy not to read it. I mean, I go on my phone. Next minute I'm on Facebook or searching something really random on Safari like that I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's right. I was going to search up, you know, like, I can't even think of anything random right now, but something so insignificant and so, so stupid that it's like, I didn't even realize the transition went from not reading to the Word to being on the internet. Like, I, it just happens so quick. So accountability straight away. Dylan and I spoke. We're going to study the Word of God together this year. Extra accountability. We told Pastor Hartley that we're going to study the Word of God this year. And Pastor Hartley has helped for us to be enrolled in C3 College online. And it would look from the outside looking in in our lives that why would you need to? You're already extension services pastors. Like, and then you're thinking, oh man, maybe they're really bad. Like, how did they, how did they fluke that gig? No, but it's accountability. I want to go deeper with God. I want my year to be full of clarity. And that means going into the word of God. That means getting my knife and fork and sitting down with it like it's a steak and starting to dissect it, starting to eat it, starting to chew over it, starting to make spiritual milk to be able to pass on to others. Like I came into a church as a baby Christian. I would like to feed others. It's, you know, that's what God's about. We are blessed to be a blessing. He gives us things to, to pass on. We live out of the overflow. We let people catch the overflow that is around us. And I just, this New Year's Eve, we did many, many um, sparkler things with the kids. And, you know, it got really tiring trying to hold the, the match or the lighter to try and, and, and do them individual. So I just get one sparkler and I'd have to maybe sacrifice that one sparkler to light like four or five at the same time. But that's what it's like. One sparkler lit and bam, there's another four lit. And those four can light another four. It's, it's, it's like it just goes on and on and on. We don't know the blessings of God that can do that one spark, that one spark, and it spreads like wildfire. In Acts 22, 14, it says, And he said, The God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will and to progressively understand his power, his plan, sorry, with clarity and power. 
and to see the righteous one, Jesus Christ the Messiah, and to hear a message from his own mouth. He has appointed us. You're chosen. You're chosen to have the, God, uh, the word of God revealed to you. There's no, there's, no, there's no veil. He wants you to know his word. He wants to reveal the riches of his word to you. You're appointed. You're right there. I just sometimes feel like he's just like, hey, hey, I've got stuff for you. If only you'd seek me. The Bible says, seek me and you'll find me. Knock and the door will be open to you. We've got to put ourselves in a position to seek him and know that we're appointed. And he will give us clarity and power to see the righteous one, Jesus Christ, and to hear a message from his own mouth. When Jesus speaks to you, when Jesus speaks directly to you, not through Amanda up here, not through the worship, not when he speaks directly to you, your life is changed in that moment. I remember the first time I heard God speak to me. I thought I was going insane, but it was awesome. I had just given my life at Hillsong, little church, probably haven't heard about it. And I was there, and I, I don't want to sound unhumble, but I had a radical, on-the-spot salvation. I had a 180 moment. I, went, I came into church, one person, and I left another person. I gave my life that day, and I cried I don't even know why I was crying at the time, but I, it wasn't just pretty crying. It was like, like it was like hideous, horrible crying, like no one come near me, please. Like, and I walked out of that place and I swear to you, this sounds really spiritual, but I swear to you, I saw differently. I, the, the sky was brighter. Everything was clearer. There was just, the dullness of the world was gone. And I swear I saw more clear, clearly. And I remember I couldn't wait to get out of there. I was like, what the heck is going on in this place? Like, I knew, I, I knew nothing. Mormon, Catholic, one service. I was running to the car. And once I got in the car, we were driving out the car park. And God said, you do not walk alone. Jesus walks with you. Now, I wouldn't say that to myself, but I was like, why would I say that to myself? <laughs> like, that wasn't me. Surely that wasn't me. And those words have stuck with me. When I'm feeling like things aren't quite going right, when I can't see clearly, standing on that word from Jesus Christ, he told me from day one that I am not alone, that he walks with me. Allow Jesus to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. And he will bring clarity. You know, King Solomon he could have asked and received anything he wanted, but he asked for wisdom. He asked for clarity. And it has power. It has power to change the course of our lives and the lives around us. So what stops us? What stops us? For me, honestly, it's fear. Fear of man. Fear of stepping out and it not working out. Fear of failure. Fear that I might look like a fool. Fear that maybe he won't come through. We just sang, you know, we just sung that song. You're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down. It's like I said for that one time, hey God. <laughs> you, know, you know, like sometimes you feel like that. You're like, is he gonna is he gonna make a way or is he not gonna make a way? Fear. 
But you know what? Clarity trumps fear. When we have a clear understanding of who we are in him, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can step out in faith that he will come. But it comes, I can't give you the words. I can't even explain the words because it's something that happens on the inside of you when you push into God yourself. When you're in worship, when you're in prayer, when you're in the word, when you're in the house of God, it's something that happens. That all that fear can be washed away by the urgency of what God will plant on the inside of you. You know, the, um, about six or seven years ago, uh, we had a, actually I'll go back a little bit further so I can give you a bit of a broader part of the story. We moved over from New Zealand, we were 18, we weren't Christians, so we were just here for fun, lots of fun, lots and lots and lots of fun. And we, um, funny as you do, you move from New Zealand to Australia and all you meet is Kiwis. So you, you know, join a new family of Kiwis and these, this, this family that we created was kind of made up of three families. It was um, like myself and Dylan and his brother and cousin and, and then another family and then another family who they actually knew each other from in New Zealand. And we were tight. And, um, you know, we had a lot, a lot of good times, probably too many good times. <laughs> Pastor Mick knows. Pastor Mick knows what it's about. <laughs> and... Um, what ended up happening was that um, the relationships after time, we were very tight, um, kind of went a bit bad and we were kind of separated a little bit and, and then Dylan and I became Christians, which caused major separation, like they didn't want to be around us and we didn't particularly want to be around them either. <laughs> you know, sometimes you've got to cut off the things of the world and yeah. But anyway, we found out that um, one, of the, one of those friends had actually, he had brain tumours. And he wasn't well at all. And I remember Dylan and I were still quite young Christians, you know, just trying to work it all out and gain that clarity. And I remember we spoke about it so many times because we felt the pull of the Holy Spirit. We felt the pull of God, go and pray for this guy. Like, pray for healing. Pray for salvation. Like, things aren't looking good. And, I mean, we went over this for months. We used to lay in bed just praying for him and praying for the opening because those relationships hadn't ended well. It wasn't that they were ended. They just kind of, bleh. That's the only way I can explain it. So there was a lot of fear around that. What Are, are they going to accept us? Are they going to shut us down? Are they going to tell us to go away? You know, like there was all this anxiety and fear about stepping out and, and praying for this, for his name was Eric. And anyway got to the point where he was really sick and he was um, in palliative care and we were like, we've got to go. Like, it's now or never. We have to go. Like, we just, we can't ignore this call from God any longer. And so we organised, uh, we organised to go and we had the three little ones at the time. <laughs> Back in the day, when life was so easy. <laughs> got them looked after and just spent the afternoon <laughs> and we went to see him. You know, all this time we had all this prayer and fear and stuff about who was going to be there and would we be accepted. And, you know, they, some of the people in this group were quite vicious and they would have absolutely tore us to shreds because of the spiritual battle that would have taken place. And it's so funny, we walked into that place and no one that we were expecting to be there was there. No one. Every single person that was there were people we had never met before. People we didn't know, they were cousins and friends visiting from New Zealand and... And it was kind of 
it's kind of like, is this good or bad? Like, you know, like all of a sudden you've, you're so pent up and you've got this clear vision of how you think it's going to be, that all these certain people are going to be here and you're going to walk into this place and you're going to have to contend with this and contend with that. But we walked in and it was nothing like that at all because God had a clear plan. And his clear plan is always better than our, what we think is clear, which is really just muddy and, you know, totally not of God. But anyway, we walked into that room and we made small talk for a while. Eric sat up on the bed and he, um, the miracle was that we found out afterwards that the fact that he actually sat up and spoke to us because he'd had a stroke, so his vision, um, his speech was very blurred and he didn't have a lot of energy and he was very much towards the end. We didn't realise that going in, we, we heard that later. And we sat and I made eye contact with Dylan because the small talk was going on a little bit too long and I had this clear vision of what we were here to do and he was like, you know, so how's the weather? No, he wasn't saying that, but that's kind of how it felt to me. It was like annoyance. I'm like, come on, man, we're here for a purpose. So we're making these, these eye, eye conversation going on. I'm like, oh, you know, we're here to save a soul. You know, we're not here to talk about the weather. And I'm like, come on, I'm waiting for him to make the first move. And finally, he got up and he said, Eric, we've actually come to pray for you. And he was like, and he knew. It was like he knew. And he sat up, and it was so weird because we were thinking, you know, we're just going to pray and it's going to be all this chaos. There was a lot of people there. There was, kids, there was a little deck outside and there was kids playing and they all hushed and they called everyone into the room and they stood around as we prayed for him. Wow. And as we prayed for him, you know, we prayed for healing, but we didn't really feel like we were there for healing. We were there to introduce him to Jesus. We were there to know that his soul was going to go to heaven and be with his God. And it's never too late. And so we're talking and we're praying. And I said to him, you know, Eric, I really feel like God wants to you to ask him into his heart. Would you say a salvation prayer with us? And he said, yeah. So we repeated the prayer that we said. And we hadn't thought that far ahead about you know, what the prayer would actually sound like. So goodness knows how long it went for and what it actually sounded. Probably needed to cover a lot of bases. <laughs> but again, we had a clear vision. We were going there to save, not for us to save him, but for God to save him. But in that group of friends, two men that were there confessed that prayer at the same time and asked Jesus into their hearts. We later found out these guys were like ex-black power mongrel mob. Like these weren't some like, you know, just Hartley Taylors, just, hey guys. <laughs> Sorry, Hearts, you're the first person I saw. <laughs> you know, who's, who's a good person? And these guys had a past. These guys were hard. These guys were, you know, these guys were criminals, basically. And we don't know where they are now, but that's not for us to worry about. They're in God's hands. He's got them, and he's got a clear vision for their lives. You know, as I, as I was preparing my other message, there was one thing that, actually, you know, obviously Eric passed on not long after that, I think maybe a few days, a week, max. And I told you we had some friends that were quite vicious, and it was really interesting. The story went round. And it came back to people that we were both connected to and came back to us. That story 
was told and did the Chinese whispers around exactly how it happened. Exactly how it happened. There was no adding, there was no taking out. It came back to us exactly how it happened. Clear, clarity, truth. God is good. The scripture just kept on popping up to me. And if I can ask the band to come. Because I can get up here and I can speak and I can share my ideas of clarity and I can go into the word of God and I can bring up scriptures to you. But I really feel like God wants to impart here tonight. I really feel like God wants you to be the one that wants to step out and take hold of that clarity. What does it look like for you 2017? Going into this year, I knew I did not want to finish the year the same way I finished 2016. Again, from the outside, it would probably look like we're, we're steaming ahead. We've got an extension service and got seven kids. We're doing pretty well in that area. But, you know, my life is actually really interrupted and really mundane at times. I've actually <laughs> been pregnant four times in five and a half years and had four babies. Like, that's kind of major when I stopped and actually appreciated that fact. I was like, okay, no wonder I'm pretty tired. No wonder I'm pretty sore. No wonder, like, life is quite hard. And these, these babies are total blessings, and I love them to bits, but they're an interruption to my walk at times. They kind of feel like I'm going forward, and then God clips my wings and pulls me back again. And that's awesome because I'm building the house of God through my family, and that's okay because what walks in the parent will run in the child, and that's okay. I'm okay to invest into my child, but I want to go forward too. I want to go forward too. I want to chase after God. I don't want another year just to slip away. I want to make a difference. I want to gain clarity, and that's why I'm doing college, like I have time to do college. Seriously, like I have time to do that. I don't even like studying. I don't even like doing anything online other than like social media fun stuff. I don't like typing out messages. I don't like writing. I don't like doing any of it. I'll probably be crying in Pastor Hartley's office halfway through the year. Why? Why did we do this? Like, why, why didn't you warn me it was going to be like this? But I know that as I seek clarity, as I walk out, as I stay in worship, as I stay in prayer, as I stay in word, as I stay in church, I know that my life, will have clarity, and it's going to speak to other people's lives. It's going to show clarity. You shine clarity. Clarity is something that's like a mirror. It's like something that starts to happen on the inside of you. So I want us here tonight, I want to speak this scripture over you because it talks about having confidence. It talks about having full freedom to enter into His courts, the veil being torn. It talks about by the blood of Jesus Christ, you know, we're set free. We have forgiveness. We have purity. We have an unqualified assurance of faith. And it says it ends with seizing, holding tight to the things of God, the promises of God, because He will come through. And I want us to declare, and I want us, as I'm declaring the scripture, to if we can stand, I want us to search our hearts. What is it that can take you into a clearer, clearer waters this year? What can take you deeper with God this year? What is it for you that you can do? And he will speak to you. I know He will speak to you because He didn't get me to trash my other message to bring this for nothing. 
He did this tonight because he has a purpose and he has a plan. Just like when we went to see Eric, he had a purpose and he had a plan. And I can come up here and think I know what it is, but I don't know what it is because it's between you and God. This is your time with him. So as I proclaim this scripture over us tonight, search your heart, ask him for clarity of what it is, what it is for you. And it's Hebrews 10, 19 to 23. And it says, Therefore, believers, since we have the confidence and full freedom to enter the holy place, the place where God dwells by the means of the blood of Jesus, by this new and living way which He initiated and opened for us through the veil, as in the Holy of Holies, that is through His flesh. And since we have a great and wonderful priest who rules over the house of God, let us approach God with a true and sincere heart and a quali- unqualified assurance of faith, having had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is reliable and trustworthy and faithful to His Word. He is holy. He is good. He has you and I speak right now. Clear vision, clarity to fall on each and every heart, each and every mind, each and every soul right now. I thank you, Lord, for the veil that was torn, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for any veils that have been reformed over eyes to fall right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak clear vision. I speak a clear heart. I speak a clear spirit. I speak a clear soul. I thank you, Lord, that you would search us, that you would search us. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.